0: Hey folks, what's a crack? It's Gareth here, back with your latest episode of the Preconstruction Podcast, and I am delighted to welcome today's guest. I have been trying to get him on for close to two and a half years. The reason being, he is a regular contributor to Advancing Preconstruction Conference that happens every year, and in this year is no difference. He's going to be play, uh, speaking in Phoenix um, at the end of May. His name is Jacob Keith and he is director of pre-construction at Leighton Construction in Salt Lake City. Now, what's unique about Jacob is bar seven months straight out of university, bar those seven months of concrete, I think he was doing a bit of concrete labouring, after that he literally has estimating and pre-construction all over his resume for 25 years, not only that but working for two of the best companies in the market, Layton Construction and The Beck Group. And I just, I can't wait to go into detail on his background, what he's learned, give us his his success stories, his failures. But he's also gonna talk briefly about the topic that he's gonna be talking about this year and the advancing pre-construction. And that is building a competitive but realistic GMP to win work whilst managing expectations. Now. Everybody knows that has been difficult over the last two or three years. But listen, without further ado, let's jump over to Jacob. But as always, let's hear from our main sponsor, Concentric, and it's none other than their founder and CEO, Steve DeLordo.
1: Hi, I'm Steve DeLordo, founder and CEO of Concentric, the first holistic platform for pre-construction. As a former executive officer of one of the largest general contractors in the US, I've experienced firsthand the challenges the industry is facing, particularly in pre-construction. Pre-construction is still a highly manual and fractured collection of processes. Essential information is kept in ad hoc, scattered spreadsheets and documents, which really limits the understanding and hides the full picture of a project for all those involved. Concentric is here to change that. Our 360-degree platform unites data, workflows, and people. With Concentric, you and your team can access real-time insights and data, assess and mitigate risks to ensure a successful project outcome, and most importantly, unlock the enormous capacity of your talent and your data. To learn more about Concentric and to book a demo, head to our website, Concentric.com. That's spelled C-O-N-C-N-T-R-I-C.com. Concentric, it's pre-construction recalibrated for the modern builder.
0: Jacob Keith, welcome to the Pre-Construction Podcast.
2: Thank you. Good to be with you.
0: You are looking so relaxed, Jacob. It's incredible.
2: <laughs> well, I'm sitting in my home theater right now. I figured it would be a nice, quiet place. So I'm, I'm just waiting for John Wayne to jump
0: on the screen and, and a bit of popcorn to pop up. I love it. Do you, do you, are you big? Uh, are you big film buff?
2: Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me
0: too. We might get into that later on when we're doing our eight questions. Uh but for now, for anybody that doesn't know you, Jacob, give us a, a quick bio.
2: Yeah. Sure. Well, I uh, started my career with Leighton about twenty five years ago. Uh, in fact, it started even a little before that. I had a chance to work as just a concrete laborer for them, pushing a broom and swinging a hammer. And it was a great opportunity for me to learn a little bit about concrete construction and and uh, what that world is like. And uh, But uh, after I graduated from college, uh, started with Layton and worked for them for several years in Salt Lake, I did end up making a move down to their Phoenix office and uh, spent about five years there. And around that time, decided, uh, wanted to Tom wanted to do something a little different I joined the Beck group out in Dallas and, uh, had a great experience working with them, learned a whole lot, uh, got a lot of different perspective on the industry and, and so forth. And then, uh, and then, uh, through one means or another, I made some contact with, uh, my friends back at Layton and ended up, uh, making a change and, and moving back to them again in Salt Lake. So both great companies learned a lot at both places. And it's, um, Really been a great journey. Brilliant. And, uh, yeah. yeah. You're right. Two
0: unbelievable companies. Obviously, we know the Beck Group and uh, Beck Technology are sponsors of the, of the podcast. And then obviously Leighton, uh, who you're with now. But one thing that kind of jumped out at me, and, and for anybody listening, the reason we're getting Jacob on here, Jacob is going to be talking at the Advancing Pre-construction conference in Phoenix in the towards the end of May. Now He's, he's a regular. If anybody knows the show or the conference, he's a regular. Uh, I watched you virtually. I think it was last year or the year before. Um, great picks, great topics and explains them so well. Um, so we'll get into that towards the end. But one thing that jumped out from me with your background, Jacob, is bar six months of laboring at the very beginning, it has been estimating and pre-construction the whole way. So essentially 25 years. So there's not many in the the pre-construction world with so much, like everyone kind of dips their their hand in and out of operations with a project executive. Uh, We all go to the dark side to to experience it once in a while. Um, So how has that been? I mean, how important was um, getting in as an estimator and and growing up throughout pre-construction?
2: Well, I I love this world. Uh, you know, I, some people may wonder how I got into it at such a young age. At the beginning, I I had a mentor and a great professor that I knew when I was in college, and and he really just kind of helped me see the light. And I realized at a young age that pre-construction was where it's at, and and that's where I started my career. And I just I just haven't ever left it. Um, yeah, it's been a great experience. So.
0: And what is it, do you think, with your background, Jacob, even going through college? Because I know you were at uh, Brigham Young University in Utah. Um, during college, obviously, your pref- pro- professor gave you some advice on pre-construction. But what do you think kind of allowed you to be good at it?
2: Well, you know, um, it's funny. I, I thought about uh, becoming an accountant at one point And I realized, you know, accounting's not for me. I don't like recording the past. I want to predict the future. I love sales. I love the thrill of the hunt. Um, I love pre-construction. And uh, this was just a natural fit for me, I think.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, and then obviously, going to the Beck Group, we, we talked about it. I mean, we know a little bit about the Beck Group. They're design build specialists. They've got internal architects. They've obviously got back technology on the technology side. Um, how was it going from Leighton into a company that specializes in design build? What sort of lessons did you learn?
2: Yeah, um, you know, it was a new experience for me because um, at Beck, um, we had estimators, we have project managers, we have architects, and we all sit together and uh, we're all intermingled. And uh, it's a different environment when you bring all those people together all in one place and and sitting together, working together as, as colleagues and as co-employees. And um, it was just a, the culture was different. Um, I learned that architects are great people. <laughs> they're not the enemy. Then Is you that know, what you're trying to tell they're me? they're not the enemy. They're the <laughs> friend. They're our friends. <laughs> I had I had a lot of friends uh, at Beck, and really enjoyed that experience a lot. So it gave me a new perspective. And and it's not just when we talk about design build. Uh, Beck refers to it as integrated delivery, right? And it's it's, a, it's an integrated process where. It's it's not just a marriage between two companies, but we all literally work at the same company, and and so we felt like it was a design build done on an even higher level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we
0: we all talk about the three legged stool. We've talked about the architect, the GC, and the owner. Um, and when you have a three legged stool and you've got two legs that are sitting beside side by side, I mean, communication, collaboration. I mean, it just comes naturally.
2: For sure. Uh, and, and and this is something that um, I was planning to speak a little bit about at the conference here in May, um, and we can talk about that in a minute if you'd like. But uh, very important, and, and and that it's so important that each person understands their role and how to play it if it's going to be effective.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, let's lead into that now because your, your your title or the the kind of the topic is building a competitive bid. Uh, a realistic GMP uh, to win work while managing managing expectations where we all know in the last year, even two years, maybe even three years um, at the start of, of, of the pandemic, it, it's not easy, and especially in pre-construction. I mean, pre-construction in general, even before COVID hit us, it was a difficult, difficult world we were living in. It was high-pressurized. We, we We were always asking questions, but once that hit and, and it really did through everything so how what kind of topic or how are you going to talk around that and, and what's what's the
2: advice sure well from my perspective um it, it is becoming increasingly difficult in so many ways to to put together a, a good gmp now you know i preface this with are we talking about a guaranteed maximum price or or as I kind of joke a little bit, is this a guaranteed minimum price? In other words, a hard bid. And uh, it, both are good, you know, in different ways. <clears throat> but uh, it, it, a guaranteed maximum price is, is a hard thing to put together. And um, and the reason I say that is I, I feel like many uh, owners and architects are in difficult situations to make a project work. Um, and to be able to deliver what they need to when they need to, and um, and unfortunately, I think one of the side effects of this is that the a lot of their uh, in order to make things happen, because I think they're not achieving their goals in every case, they're they're pushing a lot of the risk and the responsibilities of making a project successful onto the contractor. And and what I mean by that is um, that. We, contractually we're becoming more obligated than ever before to be responsible to complete the design to coordinate the design even though we may not hold the contract with the architect or have that a power or authority to manage them we're still being held responsible to help complete that design and so the challenge we face is is uh, a lot of times we'll we'll be given a very short amount of time to do that you know and, and what was not maybe completed in in a year or two. We're expected to complete in a month or two, and and that's becoming increasingly difficult. So we've had to kind of formulate some strategies about how to how to how to accept that responsibility or or really manage that risk. Uh, and and a lot of that happens while we're assembling the GMP. Yeah. Um. You know, I don't know if you want to interject something there, but this there's a lot there that could be said on this, and so. We, we've had, I kind of have a list of strategies that we've implemented, and I wanted to just share that at the, at the conference. And hopefully, it helps somebody um, who's searching for answers and looking for ways that uh, they can deal with tough situations like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can imagine when you think about the problems we're having now with supply chain, I mean, just pick one thing, let's say switch gear. I mean, if you've got a, a GMP and it's in a tight time frame and your switch gear is not going to be there within that time frame it's really difficult i mean does it come with like talking to the client or does it come back to the contract how how do you how do you even start or begin or or is it about really the beginning the start the negotiations at the beginning and, and managing the the client's a, a kind of expectations then
2: for sure uh, i i think it comes to you you're right it, it comes down to managing expectations from day 1 very early about what's what's doable and what's not Um, we just had a conversation yesterday with a client who was asking us uh, you know how to how to plan for his project and how to plan appropriately for it in terms of timeline and and this was the first topic of discussion about supply chain and lead times and and what he should expect so um, it's it's definitely a challenge these days Um, switchgear being one of them
0: so. <laughs> one one of many. Um I know listen I'm, I'm hoping and, and we're seeing a little bit of um light at the end of the tunnel with a few few building materials that are coming and well not they're not that they're coming down, but they're leveling off. And I think everyone realizes that this is a new norm. It's it's the, the prices aren't going to come down the way they've gone up. Um so mm-hmm. it's just about everyone getting getting used to it and, and managing it and putting it into it and, and eliminating a little bit of the risk, especially on the contractor side. And I mean, you've been involved throughout your career of many delivery methods. Um, you're always going to speak about GMP at the conference. Which is the one that you most enjoy?
2: Well, I, we love design build uh, because it, it's really an opportunity for, as, as everyone out there probably knows, um, it, it means that we have control of the situation to a much greater degree and and we can create a predictable outcome for our clients. Um, uh, you know, I, I saw a very funny, a little, um, uh, uh, photo on LinkedIn recently and, and describing how much it would cost, uh, if, if the client does the design versus as to how much it costs, if, uh, the contractor does the design and, and of course it it costs less for the contractor to do this, to do the design. I mean, we can, uh, we can usually find a better way to do things for a lower cost. Uh, that's, uh, my belief. So.
0: Yeah, I think that's a better you and I. Yeah, yeah it just it just comes down to experience, surely, Jacob. I mean, if you've gone through it and, and say it's let's let's take an example, it's a hospital or a healthcare project, and you've already completed four healthcare projects in ten, the last ten years, you've got a very very good understanding of of the costs, the design. Um, now, obviously, you're not you're not going to build them all the same. They're going to be different, different contracts and different deliverables. But you're going to have a clear indication where the owner probably is only built for in, this, in, in their whole lives.
2: Yeah. that then That's the challenge um, is that too many of our clients, I think don't have the same level of experience in terms of turning over designing and managing the process of design um, as we do. And so uh, they struggle, I think, managing architects and managing the design process and, and that's why um, I, I think why in many cases our GMPs are difficult processes to manage because uh, you know uh, it's it's not easier for our clients and, and to, to to prepare for that. Um, yeah.
0: And are you seeing a lot of process? GMPs, uh, Jacob? Are you seeing a lot more GMPs, or are you seeing a lot more um, design builds, or what's the the method of choice now for for owners or developers?
2: It, it really, for us, for our company, it's predominantly um, CM at risk, it's CMGC delivery. So more we're putting a GMP together and that's eight times out of 10, nine times out of 10, that's the delivery method. Um, right. I, I think I found that we found that uh, the clients who are willing and able to try design build usually come away with a great experience. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah but uh, you know i again coming back to gmp's uh you know we we've had to implement a number of strategies and i don't know if you want me to touch on those at all but i can kind of address that a little bit um it, some of our clients uh, probably um don't fully realize uh where their the condition of their drawings are at uh it's easy to walk through a building and say hey you missed a door you didn't put a door in it's a lot harder to walk through a set of plans and say hey you're missing a door uh and uh, it's, it's very difficult to evaluate the quality of, or completeness that is of a set of plans it, it's not a knock on our architecture uh, partners uh, a lot of times they're pressed for time and their time is compressed and it's very difficult uh but um it, it, a lot of that coordination then falls under the contractor and and too many times we get also pressed for time and and we get pressured into putting a gmp together in an unreasonable amount of time and then uh, we pay the price during construction so we've one thing we try to remind our clients of look uh, a gmp takes time and and if you're expecting us to coordinate things properly we we need more than two or three weeks usually to put that together properly yeah then um there are a number of other things we have to do during that process um We've got to be looking for. I, here's here's something. One of my, I encourage a lot of the people in my my team to do is uh, look for some of the gotchas, the ticking time bombs that nobody knows about, that are just benign little issues, or that appear that way early but uh, explode on us later down the road. Um, just little tiny requirements or or things that in the specifications or the structural notes or something that that appear very small but do in fact carry large consequences if someone's not being very careful. And that happens more often than not, unfortunately. So we've learned uh, what to look for. And, and and unfortunately, I think there are also certain trades that are just inherently difficult. We, we find that, uh, for example, doors and hardware are, are never fully or properly coordinated um, going into a GMP. And again, that's something that we have to manage. Um, Value engineering is another challenge, too, because our clients sometimes will say, hey, we want you to help value engineer the project. And and, uh, and and the challenge with that is traditionally in the past, they'll ask us to take the risk of the value engineering, meaning give us the idea, you, you give us the money back, give us the savings, and then uh, guarantee that it's going to all work out. And uh, we've learned that that doesn't always work in our best interest. Um, and kind of one of our new policies internally that we've kind of spread across our company is is we really can't do that. Uh, we will create deductive allowances, so to speak, um, for the value engineering. And until that design, until the design team has a chance to really vet through the VE and design it and incorporate it into a set of plans, we really don't know what the net effect will be at the end of the day. We can't guarantee that. And that's hard for some clients to hear, but I think that's the reality of it. And so uh, contractors too many times take the, take risks that they're not able to, to manage uh, because they, you know, as in a design build process, they don't own the design team. They don't have the authority to make all the decisions.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that because... I mean, the risk is the big thing, but I think the more contractors that do that, so the more contractors are open and honest rather than the contractors that are able to take on the risk and then it not work out. I think we've got a, as, as, as a, uh, as an industry as a whole, the contractors have to come together in relation to pre-construction services, value engineering, making sure they're, the, they're getting paid for the work that they do and not being able to take on the risk because if, if, contractors keep taking on the risk, then the rest of us will have to go that way. We'll have to lean towards, because if we don't do that, we won't be able to pick up the work. Um, so it's got it's almost got to be one voice from contractors saying, listen, this is what we're willing to take on. This is what we're not going to take on. This is the pre-construction services that we're going to provide. And this is the charge for those pre-construction services. Um, but again, that's easier said than
2: done. Easier said than done, for sure. And um, every situation is unique. Um, to add to what you just said I think you're absolutely correct um, and, and this is part of my uh the purpose I think of me sharing this at the conference. I want to share what we're doing so hopefully it gives others ideas and encourages them to to handle things appropriately as they see fit. but uh, another example would be um again when when the design isn't completed uh sometimes you know the contract will, make that obligation on the contractor to to complete the design or coordinate the design but not give them the authority to make the decisions or to or to hold the contract for the architect and so it's it's like you're giving somebody a blank checkbook and uh, it becomes a very difficult situation so we we've had to establish allowances we'll just tell our clients look for where the design is not complete we have to establish an allowance until the design is done. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: absolutely.
1: You know, we
2: get some pushback on that sometimes, but that's that's where we're going.
0: <laughs> and 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 listen, pushback is good. I mean, pushback's good from the client, but then that I think that then when everyone, you know what my bet my favorite word within pre-construction is is no and why, right? So once you say no, that automatically opens up dialogue and op- opens up thought between both the 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 owner, the architect, and and the, the GC, because once you say no, we're not happy with that design, then that opens up. Oh, well, what are you not happy with? Tell me more. What do you think we should be doing? And then that automatically gets the real dialogue going because you can throw over drawings left, right, and center, and it can go between everyone. But until you actually sit down and say no, um, then nobody really, they they don't really take any
2: any any notice. I think you're absolutely correct. And and the worst thing you can do is to say stay silent and just yes. accept the risk. And, and then it blows up during construction. Um, so, you know, there have been uncomfortable situations where we've had to say to a client uh, on day one, hey, your drawings just aren't done. They're just not where they should be. And it, it's like you're calling their baby ugly, you know, and so they take offense at it. But but uh, it they need to hear that. and and then we have to develop strategies jointly with them about how we're going to deal with it.. Uh, but speak up, speak up sooner than later
0: absolutely and I think listen I think we're we're, we're getting the stage now where pre-construction is is it was it always was the most important part of a project but I think it, owners presidents, CEOs are now fundamentally believing that that if we get it right in pre-construction in design with the architect with the owner everybody's happy to hit that button and go right let's get the diggers in there let's turn some sods then I think the project has got so much more chance of success.
2: For sure, for sure. Yeah,
0: funny. We did a, we did a, we did a brilliant one, Jacob. Um, with where's Palmasano down in uh down south, and he has basically built a a, a two hundred fifty million dollar business, but it's been specifically focused on pre construction services. Um, but he has a formula now, and it's basically spearheaded with pre construction services. But he not only did that with a general commercial general contractor, he's now using the same formula, pre construction service focused within heavy civil, prefabrication and self-performing. Um, and it's amazing, once you make that decision, you set processes and parts, you you, you you basically get the buy-in from everyone in the company that we only do pre-construction services. Now, he, he talked about a little bit of a, a tweak to it where he's got skin in the game, but at least it's pre-construction services driven. And he says the success rate over the last three or four years, and he's been going 10 years now, has been much, much greater than it was at the beginning. Um, and, yeah. and, and we had the same conversation. If we can get that same philosophy throughout the contractors, like you're gonna talk about in the advancing pre-construction, if we can get everybody thinking the same way, I think it'd be better for everyone. Subcontractors, clients, architects, GCs.
2: I, I completely agree. And uh, we're all in this together. If we're gonna succeed, we have to succeed together. Um I, I love that about this. Uh, what I love about this conference is that we get to uh, hear ideas from each other and best practices and it makes everybody better. Um, y- you know, um, it, it's not an easy profession we're in and uh, it, not for anybody really. And so let's figure out better strategies and better ways to do things.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't have said it better. And I think that's a wrap, Jacob. I mean, everyone cannot wait. I can't wait to get to the conference. Um, it's been too long since we we're all in the same room talking. Listen, we, we everyone's done enough Zooms to 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 last them a lifetime over the last three years. We need to get everyone in the same room, maybe get, get, uh, having a having a beer and really thrashing out some some problems and fixing some things. So, really looking forward to seeing you uh, at the end of May.
2: Thank you. Likewise.
0: Hey folks, just a quick reminder about Advancing Pre Construction 2023. It's happening in Phoenix, Arizona. It's happening on May 24th to May 26th. Now, if you're interested in going, it's the biggest and largest gathering of pre con and estimating professionals. I'll be there, and a lot of my guests will be there as well. If you're thinking about going, get over to the website, simply Google Advancing Pre Construction during the checkout. Simply put in Podcast 10 to get a 10% discount. There's also early registration discounts as well. Jacob Keith, Director of Preconstruction at Layton, Layton Construction in Salt Lake City. It is question time. First question, what is your favorite project? 25 years of experience. What's the one that stands out to you?
2: Wow, so many options there. Um, uh, you know, I had a chance to be part of a a really awesome project in in the Dallas, Fort Worth area. Uh, it was called the uh, uh, it was the Fort Worth Arena, and they now call it Dickie's Arena. That project was just an amazing project. and uh, I had a short time involved on that. But uh, if you're familiar with the Fort Worth area, you know about that project
0: lovely. Uh, well the next time in Dallas, I'll take a peek at it. I'll uh, let, let you know. Good. Um, next one is the biggest lesson learned in construction.
2: Biggest lesson learned in construction.
0: This one always throws people.
2: <laughs> Relationships matter, don't they? Um, with uh, You don't get much done uh, if you don't have a good relationship with your partners, uh, with your client. The architect, the contractor, the subcontractors, relationships are ki- are just key.
0: Funny you say that, Jacob, right? We've just started this the question time in 2023, right? And we've done six so far, and that's the second time that that's that's come up. So a third of the times that's come up. And you're right, relationships do matter internally, externally, subs, architects, clients. And it's a small world. We all know that as well. It's a small creek on world we live in. Yes, Good. it is. So, give me um, hobbies, Jacob. What do you do to, to de-stress?
2: You know, I I have five kids. Just spending time with my kids and wife, uh, having fun with them. Uh, that allows me to get away from work and not think about work. Right. Uh, you know, sitting here in my home theater, I love movies. I'm a movie buff too. So.
0: Right, greatest movie of all time. This is not even a question uh, in, the, in the script, but I'm gonna
2: ask <laughs> <see. laughs> you. know, there's so many. Where do I start? You know, uh, as a kid, uh, I think my favorite movie of all time as a kid was The Princess Bride. So, That's beautiful, <laughs> love it. Okay, next question: favorite food. Favorite food. You know, there, I I don't even know if I have a favorite, but one that I like right now a whole lot. I you know, I just I love real pizza from New York. And wow. I was last week and. A, real stuff real italian pizza from new york you can't beat it
0: love it love it favorite sports team
2: brigham young cougars bYU love football it.
0: love it simple i like it and then uh the biggest influence in your career i think we talked about a mentor on the, the podcast
2: yeah you know i i had a, i had a great mentor back when i was in college his name is kevin miller and uh, he really kind of turned the light on for me about preconstruction and why it's the place for me. And uh, yeah, great friend, great mentor.
0: Brilliant. and shout out to Kevin. Good, keep up the good work. Keep keep bringing us more Jacob Keiths and the preconstruction. <laughs> um, last one, favorite eatery. So if we're going to Salt Lake City and we've got a special occasion, where are we? Uh, where are we eating?
2: Wow. You know, I wish I um, the, so. I don't know if I would say Salt Lake City is a great place for eateries, honestly. But <laughs> um, we have some good food here. Um, I uh, wow, I'm gonna say I'm 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 just I like sushi. There's a great yeah. place from, from the street from our office. It's called Tsunami Grill, and I love sushi. So
0: right, Tsunami Grill at very
2: Salt Lake. It's a little Japanese, but it's good food. Brilliant.
0: Thank you very much, Jacob.
2: You're welcome. Glad to be with you.
3: Hey, everyone. I'm Stuart Carroll. I'm the president at Beck Technology. We are based in Dallas, Texas, and we are a pre-construction software company. We were founded in 1996, and we've really been focused on the world of pre-construction. We believe that pre-construction is where the biggest decisions that impact the outcome of a project occur, and we believe that through the use of technology, we can enable our users to make better, more informed pre-construction decisions, the net result of which is to make the world a better place. We're excited to uh, announce our partnership with Niche, and one of the things that really excites me is bringing pre-construction professionals the opportunity to get certified in our latest uh, product, Destiny Estimator. It's our belief that if we can help you understand how integrated pre-construction and pre-construction data lifecycle can benefit your business, um, it will ultimately improve the pre-construction services that you bring to your customers. And we'd like to uh, announce that we're gonna be releasing this at the end of Q1, and it's available to anybody that's a friend of Niche.
0: Well, folks, that's whet your appetite for his upcoming advanced pre-construction appearance in May. As you know, Jacob is an incredible speaker live. Um, You probably have heard him at previous events. Um, If you're going this year, remember, all the listeners of the podcast can get 10% off by putting in podcast 10 at checkout. Uh, And if you're there, go and see Jacob Keith live. You will not regret it. Thank yeah. you.